Welcome to Athcast Music. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming today because I have been stalking you ever since Athens Pride. <laughs> and that was what, two months ago, three months ago? I've watched pretty much all your videos, Instagram, TikTok. But when I saw you play that day, it was crazy. I thought you were really, really good. Wow, thank you. Um, like I was telling you before, is I was sitting next to the stage and I didn't know who was going to be playing at all. Mm-hmm. And evidently one of your band members who I asked who was playing said, oh, Sarah, Sarah Moots. And I said, well, what's she like? And he said, well, you should stay and listen. And I did. And I think at one point even I went like this to him <laughs> while he was playing. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember, but me and my other old friend were the only ones dancing up front. Oh, my God. So- <laughs> I pro- Yes, I do remember. <laughs> I, uh, it's very hard for me to stay still when uh, oh, me music- too. I can't understand it. I don't either. I don't understand how people stand like a rock in the back. I don't get it. But I'm like, I'm also up, my partner. Up. My partner loves to stand in the back because he says it sounds better back there, and you can like. And I, I get it. That makes sense. Eh. But, but still, the dancing thing and the energy of the people up front—that is, is where that I is true. Yeah. That is true. I grew up in South Jersey. Mm-hmm. We were raised on R and B. We did the Jitterbug. We did the Monster Mash. We did oh, I love it. the Jerk. <laughs> uh, we did the Swim. I mean, I was young during those days when I was first, but I still always, when I get up and dance, I will jitterbug like the best of them. I, I mean, I just, but but mainly I learned rhythm and blues and it taught me how to dance. Mm-hmm. And from a family of 10, hey, we just had our own little dance party sometimes. So um, it was kind of good. But, I think um, that's like the most pure and simplest form of like human enjoyment and like I just think we're all supposed to dance it's just good for our body I do too Mm. it's almost like you're supposed to cry right because something is Mm -hmm. too too much and that's our way of releasing it it and letting it out and I can't even relate to somebody who like my husband doesn't dance yeah mine does (laughs) and (laughs) I'm like my partner doesn't either (laughs) But boy, my son does. Oh, I love it. Oh, man. Thank goodness. He 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 loves to dance. My daughter, she dances, but not my son loves to dance. And mm-hmm. literally, he was my first one. I would have him on my toes, oh, you know, so doing that whole thing, just starting back and forth. Just, just feel the music, Simon. Mm-hmm. Just feel the music. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time he was in high school, he was going to raves. Oh, I'm so glad like you that. did that with him. <laughs> It's so important. I do it with my granddaughter too. Now. I love it. So, um, but like I said, I kind of have been stalking you, and I found your music interesting because there's there's many artists that I kind of can relate to you a little bit. I'm just going to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Your songs are about heartbreak, loneliness, feeling down. It's almost like you're screaming in your head, but you're not putting it down on paper. Mm-hmm. It's coming out in sometimes a very melodic way. Mm-hmm. As for example, say you love me. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, even though you really get emotional and really you can feel it and everything, inside I, your head, I think 
sometimes might explode when I see you singing so hard like that. Yeah. And you yeah. have to actually keep control of it. Oh my God. Yeah. I've had such a hard time on stage. And, <laughs> and I relate it to an artist named Towns Van Zandt. I've never heard. Towns Van Zandt was a artist out of Texas. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do his songs. One of his songs is, If I Needed You, Would You Come to Me? Um, I think Emmy Lou does it. Okay. Um, I've gotten compared to Emmy Lou before. Yeah, I can see that. Mm. But my point about him is that I used to say, there's so much beauty in his pain. Mm. And that's how I felt about you. Oh, thank you. There, There's a lot of sadness and, like I said, things that upset you. Yeah. Things that have happened to you. Yeah. But the way you sing and the way you put it out there, for me, mm-hmm. I think is very melodic sometimes. And even during, um, what's the song, Sexualized? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I found myself, like, jumping around in the <laughs> living room. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be really pissed off. So I'm going to just dance oh, around and be really pissed off for her, too. Thank you. Because that was a very pissed off song. Thank you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's funny. After that song released, my one of my guitar players comes up to me and he's like, I, I think I I feel sexualized. Like I, I I understand now what what you mean in this song. And it, he had gone through a situation at work where he just felt like somebody was just viewing him for his body and nothing else. And that's um, very rare for a man. Yeah, very rare, right? So he he was the last person I expected to be like, I totally get it. I love this song, and I'm like, wow, okay, that means I did my job. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's it's funny because you have a voice that I haven't heard mm. anybody come close to other than maybe, well, she didn't even have the vibrato that you have. Um, and I think that's the right word to use for you yeah, in yeah. some situations. Yes. Uh, Janis Joplin. Yeah. Tracy Nelson. Yeah. Um, was a blues rock singer mm-hmm. in the 70s. Yep. Uh, you can see I'm kind of telling my age without telling my no, age. No, no, it's okay. These but, ladies are all very familiar You know, to me. my husband and I um, were partnered with record stores. And mm-hmm. honest to God, I wouldn't probably know half of what I know if it wasn't for my husband to teach me and being in those record stores and being able to explore and really learn some of the things that I didn't learn growing up in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't listen to Jethro Tull, yes. Ken Crimson and all that stuff, but I really didn't know anything about country. And here I have kind of a country voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made me listen to Merle Haggard, mm. George Jones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you're right. I get it. That's now. pretty good shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Musicians ask me, being in the music business for a long time and everything, they'll always ask me, how do I get started? Mm-hmm. What do I do? How do I get myself out there? Mm-hmm. And I always tell tell them, you got to tell your story. Right. When you tell your story, people have a tendency to read the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your story? <laughs> how did you get your story out there? Oh, my gosh. It's such a long one. So, we got plenty of time. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I 
am highly sensitive and truly identify with being like very empathetic, very highly sensitive. And growing up, I think that I expressed my emotions very intensely um, as a child. And my mom and my dad love me so much and tried their best. And um, But I think that I overwhelmed them sometimes. And um, that forced me at the age of like 18, I think, I sought out therapy, which was I was the first of any of my friends or whatever to do that. And I think that that was like a decision that changed my life. That's amazing. But, Not many people your right. age would would seek out right, right. something. They would just say, oh, yeah. it's going to get better yeah. or something like that. But you been, recognized it, and that's great. Yeah. I had been so confused uh, for so many years about wh- why my head was so full of things, and, and I just felt things so deeply, and I couldn't explain to my parents or really anyone why I was crying or why, you know, things just felt, I felt crazy to to a point. Um, but rewind, I started writing songs when I was like 15. And that was, I had gone through in middle school, I was bullied and kind of my core friend group had sort of turned on me. And, you know, my mom was the crazy mom that went in and out of school trying to make sure I was okay and talking to all my teachers. And I was, you know, going to the nurse's office because I got passed a note that said I was going to get my butt kicked next period, you know. And I wrote songs about that. I started writing songs about that because I could sing. I had a voice and I was... When did you know you had a voice? So I was really into sports, but I just like was not that good at them. And um, I always liked to sing, but I didn't know I was any good. Um, when this bullying thing started happening, I started spending my lunches in the course room because my course teacher was just so fond of me. And a I, little it, life savior. Yeah, he. I still talk to him to this day. Good Mr. Riley was his name, and he protected me and kept me safe. And while I was in there, he said, "Okay, well, if you're gonna have lunch in here, you have to sing for me." So he would just like run me through scales and sing, let me sing with him. And um, he ended up being like, I really want you to do this uh, singing competition. And it was, I can't remember what it was, but I had to prepare a piece and go and sing it. And I got judged by like three different judges and they all wrote like a score sheet on me and stuff. And I did it, and I was shaking so bad, and I went, and I Maybe that's where the vibrato came from. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, it was was intensified because, you know, I'm sure you felt the feeling where your diaphragm just starts. I mean, that's how nervous you are. So, yes, the vibrato was intensified, so the tone quality was was there. (laughs) It was very unique, and I got, like, the highest scores that I could get from those judges. Wow. And um, that was, like, my first time singing in front of anybody that knew what they were doing, really, other than my course teacher. And from then on, I was like, I want to sing. Like, I want to do this, this, and that. And I just was – I was singing every talent show, every singing competition, whatever, and – and then um, I picked up a guitar when I was a freshman in high school um, because I started 
just really wanting to play for myself, to accompany myself because I realized that um, I couldn't find any instrumental or karaoke tracks that complimented my voice because my voice was so I, different. I, from, I can understand that your voice yeah. is so different. So I was having a really hard time trying to sing my own way because all the karaoke and stuff that just was, you know, for the mainstream artists, and I just didn't sound anything like them. So I picked up the guitar to try to start being able to back myself, and, and um, that's when I started writing. So how long did it take you to learn how to play? Um, I am a really slow learner. So like I've never been good at school. Um, so it took me like a solid two years to really like be just decent. But that and that was me being I was the most like grounded and structured girl ever at my age. Like I was like. I had a mission. Like I was yeah. like, this is my calling. I'm I have to get good at the guitar because if I get on the road someday, I have to be able to play for myself. Like I was planning my whole life. And so I just I would come home from school and I would just run through everything and it was just got it to the point of muscle memory and built the castle. I, I gotta tell you, that makes me so jealous. <laughs> I tried to play the guitar once. Yeah. It didn't work out people so well. People say it all the time. You, it's just, I, I tell don't people, have, it's like you have to want it really, really bad. You do. Really you bad. You do. And my mother played piano um, by ear. Oh, wow. And, you know, <laughs> she died mm -hmm. when I was at a young age, but that's one of the things is remembering sitting in the living room oh, listening to wow. her play. Yeah. But I, I really, really wanted to be musical, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I write mm -hmm. songs a lot of times, and I try and put a melody to them, but they all sound the same. And, you know, so it's hard for me to write a song and be able to really sing it, you know. And so I admired that you took that opportunity because I'm sure you knew without really being able to put the melody mm -hmm. onto a piece of music that yep. you're, you know, and an instrument that you're working on, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, difficult it's difficult to come up with a melody because... Yep. I'm sure you sit there some days and you're just doo -doo 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 -doo. yeah. Oh, wait, that sounded really good. Mm -hmm. That that riff was really cool. I like the how how I did that. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of jealous about that because I love music, but this is what I have to do. With yeah, I get it. it. I get it. I I mean, when I was singing, because most of my melodies come from singing. Like I don't, I don't really get it from the guitar because I'm not that great at the guitar. I just do enough to back myself, and I also like don't have the patience to play any sort of lead guitar. But when the singing melodies would come to me, it was difficult to to not have anything to back it. So that's why that's I think drove my dedication. So with that said, mm. you know another favorite artist of mine. I just have to bring some of these in because. I, you, you really do remind me in so many ways of some of the artists I've been true fans of for many, many years. But Lucinda Williams, um, yes. just, gosh, everything she does, <laughs> just, I, I, I love. But she just had a stroke about a year ago. Oh. And she's having a hard time walking and stuff. and But she's still touring and doing it. Wow. But- there was a story on CBS Sunday Morning about her about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. You know what? It could have even been longer because time, <laughs> time waits for no one. Yep. Um, but she said it's hard for her 
to communicate to the band mm-hmm. without her guitar. Yeah. Of really what she mm-hmm. wants this song to sound it's like. It's nearly impossible. It, it, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how do you do that with your band? Yeah. Well, um, it, it's really, really, that's been a very crucial part of, of my music and trying to figure that out because, um, well, well, I'll give you a little story. So I went to Nashville when I was like 17. I had a family friend that said, that saw my videos on my mom's Facebook and was like, I can help her out. I was in the record business and blah, blah, blah. Put me in the studio with, with Johnny Cash's producer and, and, you know, I interviewed Johnny Cash. Shut up! I did. Oh my God! Don't I did. Tell me that. It's the only ar- <laughs> not to uh, just inter- it's the only only artist that made me weak in the knees. Oh my God! I'm not going to. I'll oh tell you that God. story later. Lord, so I've you were Johnny Cash's producer. You're yes. thinking, so oh I'm my God! Starstruck. I'm 17. My dreams are coming true. You know, and and I just think that I'm about to be the next Taylor Swift um, because I just think all my dreams are coming true. Um, and I got very very starstruck and. Um, it was it was like a crazy thing to be young like that and to think all your dreams are coming true and then what ended up happening is, is like it fell through like it, he there were a lot of empty promises made and that was like 5 years of my life that I recorded demos went back and forth to Nashville and just thought my 5 dreams were years coming true. You said? yes yes so wow Sarah. and and what I'm getting at is that when I was there in Nashville, I had the most amazing players on my tracks, like like Hall and Oates drummer and Taylor Swift's bass player and whatever, and it was amazing. But I remember going into the producer and being like, hey, here are some notes. I listened to the tracks last night. Here are some notes. I kind of don't like this. I want to do this here. I want." And he looked at me like I was crazy, and he was like, honey, you just sing the songs. You don't do that part. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, that's how it works. Okay, so this is what I'm learning. And then uh, he ends up screwing me over and um, not really, like, holding up his end of the bargain, right? And so I just say, screw it. I get the hard drive. I have all the tracks on them, but they're not what I wanted. They're not what I wanted. He was trying to turn me into a, you know, country star because we're in Nashville. So I... Flash forward, I'm like 20 years old and decided to start a band because I was like, there's no way I'm going to get anywhere without a band behind me. Yeah. So I started a rock band and that didn't go well. I was playing with a bunch of dads, playing a bunch of classic rock songs. <laughs> and I tried to oh, Sarah. introduce. Oh, so Sarah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this, this is what I had to go through. That's um, right. Hey. And um, I believe there's. There's a reason There's for a everything. Reason for I know everything. I'm not supposed to say that. No, but, no, you know, I, I believe it. It's a cliche, um, but I do believe that. I no, believe I, in fate and I believe it's in It's like the backbone and all everything that kind I of do. Stuff, so. <laughs> there has to be a reason for all of it or else. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm crazy. But anyways, so I was in that band and I was trying to bring them my original music because we wanted to start doing originals and whatever. And uh, it was the most frustrating thing ever because you had four people with completely different ideas about how the song could sound. And that was difficult. And so we did some original songs that, you know, mind you, I was writing the melody and the chords and then I would take it to them and I'd be like, so what can you add? Like any ideas, you know, and 
and one would be turned into a punk song and the other one would be a country song and it was just not really vibing. (laughs) And so I got myself out of that situation and then I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to music business school. So that's how I ended up at um, UGA. And this is after, you know, going to three different schools before then or two, two different schools before that and dropping out for a year or whatever. This was not just a quick decision. Doing, doing what you had to do. Yeah. So it took me like a few years and I ended up at, at uh, UGA and started a band in Athens and still same problem. Just so many different opinions on how the song should sound. And it's like I wanted their input because I wanted, I wanted electric guitar. I wanted drums. I wanted bass. Right. But. I couldn't communicate to them what I wanted. It sounds and, like you were trying to get youth involved because mm-hmm. of the music being played now and that they might have understood more than the old classic dads. Right, was, right. You know, that kind of thing. And it did but, go a different, it went a better direction. Like the music had definitely escalated from the last band and I was getting closer to what I wanted to sound like. But after recording, like, you know, three or four songs, I think with that band and kind of letting everybody have their own ideas and and making them happen, I respected the hell out of all of my players um, and, and stuff. But COVID happened and I had a lot of time to reflect. And I was like, I don't want to put this out. I think that it can be better. It's not what I envision. I, I don't know what I'm envisioning. Good but, for you, Sarah. I mean, really, so, good for you. Well, thank you. Because <laughs> at a young age, not many people really can focus yeah, and well, bring that to the learning curve Yeah. So this that you had already. That's the thing. Yeah, this is, this is all I've wanted. For, for 12 years now is all I've wanted is to be an artist. I've lost friendships. I've lost relationships. I've, I've been misunderstood a lot because this is all I've cared about. So I put all of my energy into trying to figure this out. And because I had these songs and I wanted to share and I wanted them to be the best that they could be. And so, um, I recognized that I wasn't getting anywhere with the whole band thing. And I listened to Tommy Trotwine, um, who's a producer here in town, who did like Hotel Fiction. I don't know if you've heard of I them. I do. I love them. Yes. I saw them in Atfest last. I missed them a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. at the Georgia Theater because I was out of town. But um, my friend had a ticket for me mm-hmm. and I couldn't oh, go. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah I, I would have. They, they rock. Yeah. Um, so I heard his solo music and also their music and um just because they were in my same UGA music business school so oh. so they were you know peers uh, essentially i didn't really talk to them but i knew of them they were in my classes and um and so i kind of creeped and i listened and i was like oh my gosh this is it like i just need to work with this guy that's he knows how to do this he knows how to do this and so I and it was COVID and uh, the producer that I've been working with didn't have an at-home studio so we were at a standstill anyways with the other songs that we were working on with the band and I was like screw it I'm just gonna message this guy because Tommy had an at-home studio and I messaged him and he was like yeah let's get together and we did and that's like the dog and Mars, like that whole first oh, wow. EP. Okay, that's those are great first songs. Project. Yeah. Thank you. That's my first project with Tommy. And that, the whole point that I'm getting to is 
that has been the perfect dynamic for me and it took me forever to find it. But being able to go into a producer that essentially co-produces with me in a way because he respects and values everything I'm saying and I can come into him with notes and I can come into him with reference tracks and I can say, this is what I'm going for here. This is what I'm going for here. How can we mold it together, you know? And that's where the maturity right. of learning at the music school, at his own home, mm-hmm. those places. When he was a psychology is, major too, which is very interesting. Oh, that, so he well, yeah. really, really um, knows how to work with you. And 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 I noticed that about him the first day I was with him. I was like, this I, guy. It probably seemed like, oh my gosh, he's pulling all of the right things out yeah. of me. Yeah. He knows how to talk to me. He knows how to translate it yeah. down to the music and the tracks mm-hmm. and everything. And he was willing to listen. And yeah. that was something that that lacked in all the other producers well, is that they all wanted to put their own, they wanted to do their own thing. It's like Tommy knew how to do his own thing, but he also knew how to consider what I wanted and what I was saying. Well, first of all, producers do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But all producers should listen to the artist. Right, right. Or else, it, it, most producers that I've ever met listen to the artist and work on what she or he is trying to do, mm-hmm. and then brings in an idea saying, what if you did this? Right. It's not just about right. saying, oh, do this, and right. you know, or bring in a violin. I think, or it, bring gets, in <laughs> I think it gets confused. Overproduced. Because from what I hear, I think a lot of artists in, in the mainstream world and the major label world have gone from zero to 100 so quick that – it's been nearly impossible for them to be able to describe what they want and for them to even know what they want. And I think that producers get mixed up in also developing a sound for that artist because they're the ones that know how to do so. So it's like there's this fine line like between an artist that needs that and then an artist that just needs a little bit of direction, you know? Right, right. And I think that was a godsend, the pandemic. Because oh my God, it was. Pretty much Nashville just, you know, chewed you up and spit you out. Absolutely. Uh, I worked in Nashville yeah. for eight years, nine years, eight years at, at this independent music company that I, distribution company that I worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I loved working in Nashville yeah, I mean, during those years. It was like 2010, so mm-hmm. 2002, whatever. And I went back to Nashville for the first time um, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my artists that I distributed was Robert Earl Kane, and he was getting uh, ready to retire. No <laughs> and I loved Robert. I, I The first time I saw Robert was in like 1979, 1980. Mm-hmm. My husband and I were driving through Florida, and we had Tampa's public radio on, and they said, Towns Van Zant." Robert Earl Keane and Guy Clark are playing at this theater. And we literally went, (laughs) (laughs) I smoked a cigarette with Towns Van Zandt. Oh, my God. When I smoked. It was an amazing concert. But we had already been selling his record, Mm -hmm. No Kind of Dancer. Mm -hmm. And he got, he kind of got chewed up and spit out Mm -hmm. in Nashville as well. He tried to make it in Nashville. (laughs) He could, he could, he went back to Texas and that's where he belonged. Yeah. Because it's just not for there's everyone. not a there's pretty much not a song I don't like of Robert's. And 
was really sad because he then he came to the Georgia Theater to do his last show on mm-hmm. this part of the country. And I always cried the whole way, the whole time, because I listened to this guy for so long and I've watched his concert. I brought my kids to his concerts, mm. you know. They've met Robert, you know, personally and got my daughter especially got to know him a good bit and just seeing him leaving after all these years was really sad. Yeah, I'm um, sure you had a lot to grieve. Because uh he had quite the following. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he wasn't famous, famous, but a lot of people know who Robert Earl Keane was. And mm-hmm. I think that's as successful as anybody should want to be. Yeah. I mean, I would call him a legend. You know, because um, <laughs> I, I talked to Spencer Thomas about this. Like we were talking about being Taylor Swift famous. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, I can't even imagine, actually. It's almost like Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. It could be worse. Oh, yeah. I agree. But what's cool about her is she finds ways to feel normal by showing up to play for somebody and meeting somebody mm-hmm. in a small town mm-hmm. or and doesn't announce it, nothing. Yeah. Nothing's and so she has a way of keeping herself somewhat normal. The fact that she stands up at every music show and dances and doesn't care what anybody thinks because mm-hmm. she's gonna dance. Oh, she's She's a power boss woman. She's she's amazing. <laughs> what she did during this tour mm-hmm. is quite amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I I actually when she start, what was she twelve when she put her first album out? I think oh something like gosh. that. Yeah, with her little like long that. curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to it, and it was young. It was yeah. a, it was young for me, yeah. but I and my husband's like, you know, yeah. whatever. And I'm like, no, here's the thing, because I love a good pop song Mm -hmm. and what makes it a pop song Mm -hmm. and why it tracks that many people. Right. And I've always been that way. Mm -hmm. I love to keep up with pop culture for that very reason still. Yeah. And she was writing appropriate music. Absolutely. She was... Touching every little girl's diary. Mm-hmm. She was right inside there as if she had read it. Mm-hmm. And I thought I, I respected her at that time. And then I, you know, watching her grow into this woman, she sure didn't do it like Miley Cyrus, thank God. No. <laughs> but, and, but that was smart. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter, she went through this tour three, how many shows did she do? Three hours, three and a half hours mm-hmm. in the rain, an entire show. Yeah, she's grinding. down yeah. rain. She doesn't even have to, and she's grinding like that. <laughs> I mean, the work ethic is It's insane. amazing. And she's been in writing rooms since she was 12, you know, since she was that young. And But there was another artist that I enjoyed at the time, and unfortunately... She had to stop playing and singing because of Lyme disease, and that was Avril Lavigne. Ah, uh, I love her. I have you seen my Avril Lavigne cover? No. Oh my gosh, I cover um, complicated. Oh, you do? Yes. I don't know I why I haven't her. seen that because I, I at the time, believe it or not, mm-hmm. I, I didn't tell you this. I was the general manager of the first ESPN X Games skate park. Oh no way! In Duluth, 
That's so cool. <laughs> and she's a skater chick. Yeah. And so I'd play boy. it at the skate park all the time. Yeah. And a bunch of, what was it, Talking Sunday or sun, something Sunday. Oh, I can't remember all of them right now, but I would, you know, get CDs and play a lot of them at the time. You mm. you just had to keep on mm-hmm. shoving them in. But I played that, that first Avril Lavigne I don't know how many times. You probably know all the words. And then maybe not so much anymore, <laughs> but yeah, I did at the time. And then she got Lyme disease and she was debilitated. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody could find out what was wrong. And she she has come out and done some things. Yeah. But it's so sad because she was on such a momentum right. that would have been great for her at the time. Right. And I don't want to say it's too late because I definitely don't think anything is too late. Look at me. Yeah. I agree. I've been thinking about this for years and, you know, here I am. So I never say never. But she was, I thought, really great and mm-hmm. fun to listen to at the mm-hmm. time. A lot of the skater stuff is. And, you know, I loved that subculture too, mm-hmm. which helped. There's a movie called, um, what is it called? The Z Boys in Dogtown or Dogtown and the Z Boys? I think I've seen this. Yes, it's a great. It starts about surfing yep. and mm-hmm. all that, how the surfing turned into skating. Yes. And, um, you know, this. there's a. Do you know Jason Thrasher? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, he's a skater. Yeah. And yeah. he's bringing this, uh, um, I, well, I can't see Grant, can't remember his last name, to do an art show okay. of his pictures. Um, I can't, why can't I think of his name? I probably know the name. So. I dated a a skater and you just never, you never forget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I kind of feel like you really are kind of in that group. Well, that is because nice for you to say, because you you have never stopped. Thank you. (laughs) You haven't given up and you took that shit you went through Mm -hmm. with the bullying and all Mm -hmm. that crap. Mm-hmm. That people put you through. Yeah. Because kids are assholes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you They're haven't just, even heard half of my life story. I'm going to have to put but. on my podcast um, <laughs> explicit language. I'm going to have to check this when I <laughs> schedule this. It's okay. Because you bring out the best of me. <laughs> I haven't dropped an F-bomb yet, though, but give oh, me time. Oh, God. I've been trying to refrain, but... Oh, yeah. My dad used to call me his little sailor, so... <laughs> Yeah, my my parents refer to me in the same light. Yeah, I, well, I just tell people, sorry, once a Jersey girl, always yeah. a Jersey girl. Plus, it didn't Lord. didn't help uh, traveling with wrestlers for years. Yeah, and that kind of language. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. So, I'm what sure. I want to know is if you would play a song. Yeah, yeah. You're the first person that I have asked to play a song. I love, and so I would song. love it. If you played Say You Love Me. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, I'm boarding up the windows Gonna buy a real fast car Take all of my savings out and drive really far Cause the world went dark and the trees turned gray I forgot how to laugh Woke up sad again today Oh, 
Well, that was amazing. Thank you for doing that. I, my my little private concert right there. Yeah, thanks for asking. So, not only did Nashville chew you up and spit you out, but American Idol did too. Yeah, and that yeah. was pretty, and life, you know. Yeah, that's life too. <laughs> I worked on a show once, and I think it was uh, America's. Kids got talent. Okay. And it was when I was still in the NBC situation and NBC mm-hmm. was going to put the show on. Mm-hmm. And I really learned about production on those shows mm-hmm. and how it goes. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very different than what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. And I guess you experienced some of that. So I was any of it a good experience or is it a good experience just because you went through it and you learned from it? Yeah, you know, I got Say You Love Me out of it, um, and that was that's a really good song. And um, I, I grew a lot. I think that that was a breaking point for me 
I've had lots of them, but I went and I was really proud of what I did. And uh, I got a free trip to San Diego out of it, so that's cool. I took my partner with me and we had a really good time. But um, it was just one of those things where, you know, I, I had thought that I represented myself fully and to the best of my ability. And then when I got home, I was like, you know what? I should have never listened to those producers because um, if I would have gone in there and done what I wanted to do, I would have felt a lot better about the situation, even if I had gotten turned down. Those but damn it, producers. It was it was the fact that you were I was listening to what they were telling me to do and then they and then they um turned me down the way that they did. And that that made me feel bitter because I, I knew better in my head. Like I was like, this is not this is not all that this is not representing me. Me. Me, 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 you know, and I know my artistry. Well, from our, our talk today, mm-hmm. it seems like you knew what you wanted from the get go. Yeah. You've never really wavered. Have well, you? I'm a people pleaser and I'm, uh, like I said, either. highly sensitive. I know that so, problem. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that I've had to learn how to turn off. And, and it's just like been recently, I've really learned how to turn it off. And it's benefited me and my career so much being able to flip that switch. But that was something that I never realized was affecting every single part of me and my career. And and it was just taking all the input from other people and believing that they knew better than I did was was um, detrimental. Yeah. Um, well, I got to tell you, after seeing you at AthFest, listening to you here, stalking you on the internet... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see you live again well, thank with you. a band and listening to your band because I thought the the Athfest performance was wonderful. And you had that cool cape on. And, mm-hmm. I don't know. You just love very cool. <laughs> it's it's so you. I don't even know you. And I said, this, oh. she's, she's, she's just got all the right parts coming I so together. Um, I'm, I've been really looking forward to this meeting thank in person you. and, you know, Anytime you want a good Jewish mother food, <laughs> come to my house. I'll feed you. Oh my you. gosh! Please invite me for dinner. I would love that. I don't. Well, I'll have to do. We'll have to do a vegetarian meal because I'm trying Let's not do to it. eat meat so much anymore. Either that's fine. I'm detoxing right now, so that's probably for the best. Yeah, but maybe the three of us can come to my house and we can enjoy some wine and I would love that. all that good stuff because I've I've truly felt. A connection to you in okay. so many ways, professionally, uh, mainly, but definitely personally. Well, thank um, you. I do feel connected to you as well. I, I've I've really enjoyed this time, so thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Mm-hmm. So welcome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Sarah and digging into her life and her experiences, and definitely loving the song that she played for us all. You can find Sarah just about everywhere, but her website is www.sarahmoots.com, on Facebook at Sarah Catherine Moots. YouTube is youtube.com slash C slash Sarah Moots. And on Instagram, Sarah Moots. Just plain old Sarah Moots. So you can find out a lot of things about Sarah on the website and listen to some of her other music. And if you're ever in Athens or you are in Athens, please go out and listen to her. You're going to really love it.